Hello, and welcome to the Everybody Brands Podcast, where we help you build brands, shape your culture, and inspire your team. I'm Brian Soy, principal of Aspire, a design and marketing agency that helps people build thriving organizations and purpose-driven brands through strategy, design, and the story brand marketing framework. In this episode of Everybody Brands, I'm excited to continue my conversation with Sarah Olivieri. Sarah is a nonprofit strategist with a passion for helping organizations thrive in the digital age. We'll be talking about strategy and how strategy can help nonprofits thrive, but I think you'll find if you're a board member or you own a business that these insights are going to help you run your business more effectively. Sarah is the founder and heart behind Pivot Ground, helping human service nonprofits increase capacity, deliver better programming, attract more funding, and make the world a better place. She's also the creator of the Impact Method, a business framework for nonprofits designed to help them thrive in the digital age. So we're going to pick up right where we left off from episode one with our conversation with Sarah Olivieri. So let me ask, you know, does, do you think your impact method would work for any type of nonprofit organization, say a school? And the reason I'm asking is because a lot of times schools are not governance boards, but they're policy boards. Um, public school or independent school? I would say an independent school. Yeah, absolutely. I have used it with a school um, and it works beautifully. Schools. You know, schools often feel like they struggle a lot, but in some ways schools are have a lot of things that make them a little easier. Uh, you have a client base who is ready to pay at least all or a part of the cost of the programs and services they're going to receive. Um, you also have a, an annual enrollment cycle, typically. I mean, you might enroll students throughout the year, but basically you have students are going to come in and then you're, they're going to move from one grade to another. And you should be able to get data pretty quickly to track um, about your, your attrition rate. So basically like what percentage of students are moving to the next grade as, you know, as they go from grade to grade. And actually in the um, financial forecasting template, which is also available in another blog post on our website, pivotground.com forward slash blog, or you'll just see the link to the blog on the menu. From that, in that template, I actually have a tab specifically for school programs for um, thinking about their their finances and linking that to some key metrics. So it absolutely works for schools. I think that for schools, um, the governance, the function of the board, right, in knowing like how do we govern, how do we know if it's working or not? Yes, it does often look at policy. Are the schools policies the right policies or not? Are they protecting our liability or not? Are they good for the kids or not? Um, that is, you know, it's appropriate for schools, but otherwise it's still that core function as a board member of a school is are we functioning? And I've actually, we haven't built built any trainings on this yet, but I have worked on a new committee structure. Um, I'm, I'm very familiar with schools. I actually 
partly got my start in nonprofits because my I had gone to a small private school and my mother, after I left, had become the head of the school and she was head of that school for 17 years and I'm now on the board there. So I think a lot about schools. I also have a master's in education. And, um, and so we have been developing a new board structure um, not a lot of people have done a lot of thinking recently, at least published much thinking about changing the committee structures, but there is a general agreement that boards need to have fewer committees and be more focused on governance. And so we've looked at a committee structure at the, the school that I'm on the board of, of having a committee that's keeping an eye on the finances. Do we have a, a forecasting, a future plan, a long-term plan? Are they finances, you know, being managed well, and how do we monitor that? One committee that's about do about strategy and outcomes. So basically, there's the finance committee is watching financial data, and the strategy and outcomes committee is watching all non-financial data. And then we have a governance committee, which oversees um, governance and leadership um, and ensuring that that's effective. So both our board members, you know, getting their onboarding and do they know their roles and is the head of school doing what they need to be doing as a leader, um, evaluating the head of school and then addressing any leadership concerns that come from the community. Um, the governance committee is able to kind of filter through those so they don't take up board time if they're not really a board level issue. So um, and so far that simplified committee structure is really helping because it gets at what are essentially the three pieces of governance is do we have proper leadership and are we watching our, you know, do we have data that tells us if something wrong and we just broke that, that job of watching the data up into financial data and all other data that indicates uh, progress. Yeah, great. Uh, and I think so many of our, our education listeners will appreciate that, that perspective on that as, as will any of our, our, our nonprofit listeners as well, because, Again, it's it's always it's it's rare if we get a call, and I don't know if that's your perspective too, that we get a call from, um, you know, the the board member who who well, well, it's not rare. I say often we'll get a call from a board member who says, you know, I'm in the marketing committee, and they've decided that we want to do this, and with, without any talk about, you know, let's let's bring the executive director into the conversation or. Um, or somebody else who's who's got that function as as part of their role. So it's there's always this disconnect, and you know I think a lot of people feel it, but uh, they don't know how to talk about it. And I think you've articulated it very well. Um, you know, and especially you know the part about data because the data is what gives people clarity into the understanding of of whether or not their impact um, and their mission is actually cr you know creating the results they want. And that's hard for nonprofits getting the right data. And it's, there's no, like, I can't tell you like, oh, we'll, we'll, I can just tell you what your data should be. Because one thing that makes it hard, whereas the for-profit industry, the kinds of data that they are going to measure is relatively the same from business to business. And so as an industry, they can work on this. But for nonprofits, the set of data that really tells you if things are working or not is going to be unique to your mission. And every nonprofit's mission is unique. So you're kind of starting from scratch with each nonprofit. And it's usually very hard to measure, as I said. So 
that's something with our clients who work with us on implementation over a long time, we really start working on. But we've tried to build some data elements into the impact method. Simple things, you know, some data doesn't have to be so complicated, right? Back to where we started of, it doesn't always have to be so hard. So if you have a clearly delineated strategy that you're checking in on every 60 days, then you can have a great piece of data is, are are we progressing in our strategy? You know, did we check off the goals that we said we were going to check off? And mm-hmm. then was the problem, and this is where it's so important to separate out the execution goals, the things you actually have control over doing from the outcome goals, and a lot of people don't do that. And the reason why you want to separate them is if you are meeting your execution goals but not meeting your outcome goals, whether it's impact or perception, then you you did a great job. You just made the wrong plan. But <laughs> if you aren't achieving your outcome goals and you aren't achieving your execution goals either, you either didn't follow the plan or you underestimated your capacity to follow the plan. Um, and that's a different type of problem um, because many nonprofits, I think, that they will execute their plan if they have one because people are very diligent and committed to working nonprofits. But oftentimes the outcome they're trying to achieve is very, very hard to achieve. And so they might have incremental success or they might be need to experiment and experiment and try this. No, this doesn't actually help. Try this other thing. Yes, that helps a little. Let's tweak it. Try this, you know, let's try the next version. Okay, that helped a little more, but we had another epic failure. Um, so it's really important to separate out, is it that you didn't take the action that you said you were going to do, or is it that you took the action, but it didn't have the impact that you wanted it to? Before we continue, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever imagined trying to read a label from the inside of a bottle? It doesn't sound easy, does it? Now imagine trying to do that with your business. Do you ever wonder if people on the outside of your company think your brand is clear and focused? If so, I want to tell you about the Clarity Credo, 12 strategies that can help you align your brand with your business around powerful principles that will inspire your team and transform your culture. The principles of the Clarity Credo will help you build a brand that people love through purpose, character, culture, and voice. The 12 strategies and a year's worth of free business insights can be yours when you sign up for the Clarity Credo at claritycredo.com. That's claritycredo.com. Yeah. Yeah, I think too often we'll, we'll try to swing for the fences every time if we're we're on board instead of, of, understanding that base hits win games too. So let's set the strategy as a series of base hits that are going to put, you know, give us some measurable results, show us some some achievable goals have been met. Um, and then those all are in line with the bigger goal. So breaking it down into bite-sized pieces. Exactly, exactly. And those are manageable pieces and they are more measurable often when they're manageable as well. Right. So great. So this has been, I think, going to be transformative for a number of people when they think through this. And again, if you visit pivotground.com, you can find out about the impact method. And it's it's certainly something I wish I would have known about 
even 20 years ago in the work we've been doing with nonprofits because it sounds like it is a consistent and reliable approach to helping nonprofits frame up this um, idea of how are we going to really put a solid strategy behind the outcomes that we're working to achieve. So the last question I want to ask you, Sarah, is one, I think one of your favorite questions is what goes into a digital strategy and what does it have to do with digital marketing? Great question. Um, so, you know, these days I think your digital strategy, so if we break digital, so often there's marketing and a lot of marketing these days is digital marketing because most of marketing is about communication, right? We said we're, we're talking about branding and branding helps you do better marketing. Marketing is about communication at one way or the other and the majority of our communication these days is on the internet in one way or another via a phone or a, a blog, a website, social media, email. And so you have your digital marketing strategy and the, your digital marketing strategy is gonna kind of be propelled in part by some digital tools that you're gonna use. Like, you know, what type of website do you have? What type of email hosting do you have? What are you doing? Hopefully, I encourage you to do some marketing automation. Uh, what kind of automation tool are you using? How are you collecting donations? Is that feeding into your bookkeeping software? Is it tracking your donors? Are you tracking, um, taking your par participants in your programs on some sort of communication journey to enhance their experience? And so you see, I started to talk about these tools, right? They're gonna drive our digital marketing strategy. Well, that feeds into your larger digital strategy which is that you have to utilize digital because you're going to utilize communication in your nonprofit, right? No nonprofit doesn't use communication internally and externally. And there's this because the Internet works so, so well as it does because it's interconnected. And so now your digital marketing strategy and your digital strategy, which is how you're leveraging all digital tools, um, are going to be connected. And well, the way we communicate and the tools we use to communicate are going to touch every part of our organization, internally and externally. And so your digital strategy really needs to be part of your entire organizational structure. And it's gonna, there's going to be pieces throughout. And one of the solutions I found for dealing with this is kind of going back to the nonprofit blueprint is to realize that in that resources function or set of functions you might have, managing your digital resources is now a function that most nonprofits need. I'm going to say all nonprofits need. All businesses need to be managing their digital resources. But they develop so fast for a lot of organizations and for-profit businesses. It's like this spaghetti of things. And they didn't realize that just like if you have a campus of buildings, somebody has to manage that campus, you probably already have a campus of um, digital tools that you're using and somebody needs to be keeping an eye on those resources. It is a critical function um, to get the most out of those resources, ensure that they're be used, being used properly. Um, so it's, it, anything digital quickly becomes um, all connected to your entire organization. Right. Now we use the word ecosystem. So you build a digital ecosystem 
uh, yep. typically, typically around your website and you have the marketing automation um, that ideally for a nonprofit integrates with their their uh, donation tool and um, but you can see even it's starting to talk like that everything starts to get complicated quickly and if we go back to the principle of keeping things simple that's where that that person who's overseeing that and helping manage it can help keep it all straight because you could end up with orphaned social media platforms or orphaned processes that were expensive possibly to implement or subscribe to that aren't being utilized to their best uh, effect. Exactly, exactly. And you also need the integration function in an organization to help make sure to simplify. You know, I kind of go by the, the a rule of thumb, like use the fewest number of tools to get the job done well, but the hierarchy still is that the tools have to work for the people. And, you know, so like we just said a few things I want to bring together for people, which is, okay, right, so your website is collecting donations. That's your fundraising department. But it's also your website, which is probably going to be your enrollment function. And it's also linking into your bookkeeping. That's your finance department is getting involved. And over here at Pivot Ground, we work with a lot of human service organizations and there's often a lot of policy that you need to make sure staff is aware of in the staff handbook. So we'll often use the marketing automation tool to kind of have a, a repeating drip course that reminds staff about the key policies and procedures at the organization in kind of a little more lighthearted, fun way. Um, and so now we're internal marketing with the same tool that we're external marketing. Um, and there's lots to do. There's lots and lots of crossover. And so, yeah, you do have to really keep a close eye on it so that it doesn't turn into a total mess. Right. And then, and that same idea of the drip to the internal staff, what a great onboarding tool an automation platform can be for new board members. Absolutely. Talk about, I mean, and thinking through that um, recently, I don't usually do a lot of board work, but because I am on, on a board right now and I happen to be chair of the governance committee, I'm like, we don't, this doesn't have to be so hard. We can just make some some screen share videos and talk about the things we need board members to know and put it in a drip feed <laughs> in an automation tool and bada boom, bada bang, automated exactly. onboarding. Exactly. We, we use the same approach with a member organization that we serve and new members get added to a simple list and that list addition triggers six weeks of welcome to the organization. Here's everything you need to know. So that way they're not overwhelmed with all the things they could know uh, at once. Yeah, absolutely. And tools like, you know, we're using, um, you know, a video conferencing tool right now. Um, using a video conferencing tool is huge for board members. You can save so much time by doing some of your board meetings or all of your board meetings via video conference, um, which is significantly different in my mind than audio only conference because you lose a lot of communication not being able to see people as you converse. Um, but video is a real substitute for in-person meetings and can really free your board up to meet more effectively. And just practically, what's your favorite tool for that video conferencing? I tend to use Zoom. Um, it's the one I'm used to and it gives me the power that I need. Um, so we use Zoom. I have used Join Me in the past. I'm less a fan of like go to um, 
whatever. It's not go to webinar. It's go to meeting. Go to meeting. And the Cisco systems, those other ones that I think came earlier tend to people end up not putting on their video, but Zoom is like very video oriented. And so it really pushes people to put on their video. Right, no, I agree, That's, it is a great tool. Uh, I've served on a national board and um, at, at a certain point, you can't travel four times a year to go to a board meeting. So once a year in person, three times a year face-to-face -face via video. And it, it's still, you know, I believe we're in a transition time where there are, um, you know, one generation is familiar and comfortable with video and digital technology. There's the other spectrum that's not quite as familiar or comfortable with it. And a lot of blended boards in between who have board members and organizations run by a diverse age range that um, are still either struggling with or fully embracing this digital technology. And well, great, Sarah. Thank you so much for taking the time today uh, to share this. My it's been pleasure. fascinating for me. <laughs> thank so, you. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So how can people find out more about you and about Pivot Ground? Well, the most information you'll find is at pivotground.com. And you can, if you are a nonprofit and you're thinking that Impact Method sounds really good for you, I encourage you to schedule a consultation with me. Um, from our website. There's a number of places where you can just click on the link to schedule a consultation, um, or you can go directly to pivotground.com forward slash consultation. Uh, and I'd be happy to talk with you. Um, I really encourage people to bring the chair of their board on those calls as well. And if you get nothing else out of it, I am highly likely to get you and your chair on the same page. Um, by the end of the call in 30 minutes, kind of like a little miracle that I, I give to everybody who does one of those calls. Um, and otherwise, you can email me directly, Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at pivotground.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find me on LinkedIn. And we also have a Facebook group just for executive directors called Executive Directors Ready to Thrive. Um, so if you're looking for just a little more support and a forum to ask questions, um, that is a great place to join. Fantastic. And so any executive director who's listening right now, I just recommend that you go sign up and look for that that Facebook group because we, I think Sarah and I both know that it's an isolating position to be an executive director. And the more support you have, the more you and your organization are going to thrive. So, Sarah, thank you again, and again, look for Sarah at pivotground.com on, on Facebook and on LinkedIn, and um, appreciate your time, and we look forward to great things from you in the future. Thank you. I want you to think about the things that stand in the way of achieving your business goals. For many leaders, it's complexity, uncertainty, and the challenge of getting their vision out of their head and onto paper so their team can thrive. The one thing I know business leaders are seeking is clarity for their brand, message, and business. I understand how frustrating it is when your business isn't growing or your marketing doesn't produce the results you expect. Instead of wasting money on marketing that doesn't work, the fastest way to grow your business is to define your focus and create a clear message about it with a StoryBrand marketing framework. Since I became a StoryBrand certified guide, 
I've helped dozens of leaders unify sales teams and grow their business with clear messaging that helps customers understand why they should engage, donate, and buy. StoryBrand is a proven model that helps teams and leaders communicate with clarity, connect with customers, and grow their sales. It's a sure way to get everyone on your team to speak in one voice with a clear and consistent message. So if you need help defining your focus and creating a clear message so your marketing starts to produce, contact Aspire at aspire.com slash storybrand. That's A-E-S-P-I-R-E dot com slash storybrand. So you can stop wasting money, find the clarity you need, and start growing your sales. Thanks for listening to the Everybody Brands podcast from Brian Soy. You can find more content like this at aspire.com and in the forthcoming book, Everybody Brands, How Storytelling Helps Companies and Customers Build Brands That People Love. In the meantime, look for books by Brian Soy on amazon.com and discover resources to help you build powerful brands that inspire and engage at aspire.com slash resources. That's A-E-S-P-I-R-E dot com slash resources.